welcome to Transforming Minds, Transforming Lives, a podcast series of RCCG Living Spring Pittsburgh. Stay tuned for our senior pastor, Boyga Esson. We're talking about the little foxes. Songs of Solomon, chapter 2 and verse 15. The Bible says in Songs of Solomon, chapter 2 and verse 15, say, catch us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. Say, catch us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. Solomon had this special relationship with this Shunammite woman. Out of the several women Solomon had, he just had this one, this special woman that he just defers to, he loves her mightily. And of course, he was telling her that, look, we have to deal with some little, little issues in our relationship. Many times, it's the small hinges that just sway the door. Many times, it's not the big things. What messes up relationships at times are the little, little things, little foxes that we don't pay attention to. Because they are seemingly little, we don't pay attention to them. But they can be very devastating. So Solomon was saying that we have to catch the little foxes because our vine is tender. Our vine has tender grapes. For us to produce well, for us to have the required results, we have to deal with the little, little, little issues. And I'm sure you know, in that Songs of Solomon, the picture of Solomon and the Shunammite woman is a picture of the church and Christ. So also, what actually messes up our relationship sometimes with God is just little, little things that we don't pay attention to. And because they are seemingly little, we overlook them. We overlook them, but they are mighty things. So we'll be talking about the little foxes. As we become aware of them and we begin to deal with them, we will see better results in the mighty name of Jesus. It's my prayer you will see better results in your walk with the Lord in the mighty name of Jesus. It's my prayer God will come through for you. It's my prayer you experience God in a more intimate manner in the mighty name of Jesus. It's my prayer you have God experiences. When you have God experiences, nobody can deceive you anymore. David had God experiences. So by the time he confronted a big challenge, he recalled how God showed up for him and that propelled him to go forward. It's my prayer this season you have God experiences. You have divine encounters that will totally transform you in the mighty name of Jesus. And those areas of your struggle, I speak grace to those areas. Those areas of your struggle, grace will overcome for you. In the mighty name of Jesus, your weaknesses will turn to strength. In the mighty name of Jesus. The little foxes are blind spots of a believer. Believe me, all of us, we have blind spots. A blind spot is that part of you that you cannot see. But God will shine light to those blind spots and we will do well to deal with them. Little foxes are irritations that have the potential to ruin the vine. They are irritations that have potential to ruin the vine. They can mess up your relationship with your spouse, with your loved ones, with God. They are little, little foxes, but they can do a lot of damage. And you know, these little foxes are not big sins. <laughs> Amen. You know, those big sins, many times when you commit the big sins, you violate the law of God, you also violate the law of man. When you murder, you violate God's law, you also violate the law of man. So when you murder and you get caught, you go to jail. That's big deal. When you defraud, when you cheat, you violate the law of man, you also violate the law of God. When you commit adultery, you violate the law of God, you also violate the law of man. So these little, little sins at times, 
you are not violating any law of man. Being proud doesn't violate any law of man. Being envious doesn't violate any law of man. Being greedy or being covetous doesn't violate any law of man. So that's why many times we don't pay attention to them. When you commit the big sin, you know you're a sinner. You know you're in trouble. But these little, little things, many times we overlook them because most times they don't violate the law of men in most cases. They are weeds. Little foxes are weeds. If you allow them to grow, they will choke the good seeds in your heart. Little foxes are weeds. If you allow them to grow, they will mess up the good seed. Many times you see farmers after they plant, they will go and weed. Because if you don't weed out the weeds, they will be also be sapping nutrients from the soil. And what is meant to go to the good seed will be diverted. Over time, so you won't have a best yield because something is competing with the good seed. But when you begin to weed out the weeds, what happens? The nutrients can flow to the good seeds and then you have a bump harvest. Is my prayer in your life you have a bump harvest? You have wonderful results to show in the mighty name of Jesus. Little foxes are eating sins of the hearts. Nobody can tell what you are thinking, but God can tell. You know, they are eating sins of the heart. They operate mostly in the thought realm, but they are nevertheless quite devastating. Of course, the first one is envy. The dictionary says that envy is a feeling of discontent or resentful longing aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities, or luck. In other words, envy is a feeling of discontent or resentful longing aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities, or luck. There's nothing wrong in admiring your neighbor. There's nothing wrong in admiring maybe what your neighbor has. But when you now begin to feel ill, when you now begin to nurse bitter thoughts, to nurse bad thoughts towards your neighbor because your neighbor is seemingly doing well and you are not having the results he or she is having, and you begin to wish the person bad, you begin to harbor those thoughts, envious thoughts, it is very dangerous. It is a weed. Saul was a king. At some point in time, after David overcame Goliath, he became popular in town. And they were singing, the women were singing, God bless our women, that Saul had killed thousands, but David had killed tens of thousands. They applauded him, and King Saul was furious. He was a king. And you know, he left his national duties and began to pursue this boy. A whole king. He has a whole nation in his hands. He became envious, jealous, because somebody was seemingly more popular than him, and he was pursuing this boy. He left national duties. I was pursuing a small David. So envy, if it's not dealt with, it will open the door to murder. It will open the door to character assassination. It will open the door to several other sins. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in James chapter 3, verse 16, James 3, 16, that where you have envy and strife, there is confusion and every evil work. Everywhere you see envy in oppression and strife, there's every evil work there. Nothing will be missing. So if you have a house that the husband and wife are in competition, they are envious of each other, maybe siblings are in sibling rivalry, they don't see eye to eye, you will see every evil work there. Every evil work. Saul left national duties and he was pursuing a boy because he was envious, he was jealous. Very serious matter. Envy, jealousy is a very serious matter. Cain was very jealous of his brother. He brought an offering to God. It was not acceptable. It was not a good offering. And God, he ignored his offering. But Abel brought a bumper offering to God, very choice, very nice. And God accepted. And the Bible says Cain was furious. 
And he went ahead, because he was jealous, he killed his own brother. That was the first murder in the Bible. So envy is a big deal. It's a very, very big deal. Yes, it's okay to admire somebody. Maybe you admire the way the person is running his or her life. But when you now begin to feel animosity, in other words, are you rejoicing when somebody else is rejoicing? That's a litmus test. Or are you sad when somebody is rejoicing around you? Some people are sad when somebody is rejoicing. That's a very bad heart. That's an envious heart. And you have to deal with it. Little foxes is a matter of the heart. These are things that you cannot see. You can be envious and cover it so well. And the person you are actually envying doesn't even know. You can be envious and camouflage it so well. The person doesn't know. And that, if it's not dealt with, it will affect your relationship with God. It will make you degenerate. It can lead to big sins. And it can make you unacceptable before God. It's my prayer you will not be unacceptable before God. God will embrace you and he will honor you mightily in Jesus' mighty name. And you know, it's just automatic. When you begin to do well in life, people will envy you. When mercy begins to open doors for you, when mercy begins to beckon on you, people will envy you. It goes along. When you are favored, you automatically attract envy. It's automatic. You can't do anything about it. So if you don't want to be promoted, you don't want to be ahead, then you remain where you are. But I want to be promoted. I want to be ahead. And by the grace of God, where the envy begins, God will give us the capacity to handle them. Amen? A man of God said, I would rather be rich and envied than to be poor and pitied. I would rather be rich and envied than to be poor and pitied. It's poor people that people pity. But those who are rich, they envy them. It's poor people that people shake their head horizontally for. But those who have results, those who command results, people nod vertically for them that they are on course. So people will nod for you vertically. In the mighty name of Jesus, you will command great results. And when the envy begins, you will be able to absorb it so well in good faith. You will not retaliate tit for tat. You will overcome evil with good. In the mighty name of Jesus. David didn't kill Saul. Two times or three times, he played to his hands. But rather than dagger him, he just overlooked him. Because he was a favorite child. So I'm saying again, people will envy you. It's a good prayer to pray because when you don't have results, nobody reckons with you. By the time Isaac was having results, Genesis chapter 26, even the Philistines, a whole country envied him. They tried to harm him. They couldn't harm him. They dealt with him, with him so massively. On the long run, they had to come and bow before him. It's my prayer your enemies will bow before you. Your opposers, they will come bow before you. In the mighty name of Jesus, God will set your life on course. He said, you are the city set on a hill. And because you are on course, oh yes, you will be above only. In the mighty name of Jesus. For we are envying and strivers. There is confusion and every evil work. Please check your heart from time to time. Are you rejoicing when people are rejoicing? When somebody just gets a breakthrough, are you truly happy? When you are not truly happy, begin to pray to God to help you. One way you can actually overcome is by praying for that person. When you are not happy with somebody, pray for the person. Pray for the person. It's a test of the heart, but God sees everything. When you are not happy when somebody else is happy, that's not a good sign. Because in other words, that means you are blocking a flow. You are blocking a miracle. Because God is love. There is no envy, no hatred in God. So when God looks down, he wants to bless. He sees darkness in your heart. Say, no, 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 this one is not ready yet. So we don't harbor envy. These little foxes, they are there for us to check our heart. They are the sins of the hearts. They are things that nobody can see. 
And just like I usually say, the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. Amen. Come on, let's shout hallelujah. The Bible says in Mark chapter 15, verse 10 to 11, that the chief priests, they handed Jesus over to be crucified because they envied him. They would rather release a criminal to go than to allow Jesus to go. And it was basically because of envy. Why they nailed Jesus was because they were envious of him. He was getting results they couldn't get. They saw him healing the sick, opening blind eyes. They couldn't do that. They were priests, but they were dead woods. So they were not happy with him, and they ganged up. Envy against Daniel. I mean, you see it all over the Bible. All over the Bible. The same thing about Paul. Acts 13, 44 to 45. Acts 13, 44 to 45. When the Jews, when they saw the multitudes that Paul was commanding, they envied him. They planned against him. So when you are not ready for your next level, if you want to stay where you are, yeah, it's okay. People will not envy you. But I'm ready for my next level. <laughs> and I'm sure you are ready for your next level. So increase your capacity. You will not envy and when you are envied, you handle it in good strides in the mighty name of Jesus. Another little fox, another deadly little fox, I'm sure you probably know, is pride. The Bible says before the structure comes, a man's heart will go empty. Before the structure, the heart of a man is proud. Proverbs 18.12. And before honor is humility. Proverbs 13.10 says pride leads to conflict. Those who take advice are wise. So pride is very subtle. Evil proud people think they are humble. That's the irony of pride. This one is deadly. Because even proud people think they are humble. That's the irony of it. And the Bible says God opposes the proud. He doesn't even come close to the proud. As a matter of fact, Psalm 138 verse 6, Psalm 138 verse 6, said, though the Lord is on high, yet he regards the lowly. But the proud he knows from far. Psalm 138 verse 6. Bible says God knows the proud from far. He doesn't even come close. He doesn't touch the proud. He doesn't come close to them. When man is opposing you, you can cry to God and God will deliver you. When Satan is opposing you, you can get him out of the road. But when God himself is the one opposing you, then you're in big trouble. And the Bible says God opposes the proud. It was this same sin that made Lucifer lose his place. He was the one in charge of music in heaven. And the Bible says he said in his heart, I will ascend to the throne of God. I will make my own throne above his own throne. He was saying it in his heart. He didn't voice it. And he lost his place. So pride is a matter of the heart. Very subtle. God doesn't like it. There are some things that God doesn't like. Proverbs chapter 6, you will see there. A proud look is one of them. Proverbs 6 and 16 to 19. Seven things God doesn't like. He doesn't like a proud look. So pride is a very major issue. Uh, yes, all of us have self-pride. But pride is something you have to deal with regularly. When you start feeling superior, when you think you are better than your neighbor, that's a clear sign of pride. You look at yourself and you compare yourself. Ah, this one is not even up to me because you have a few things. You know, yeah, this one is below me. When you start feeling you are superior to your neighbor, that is a clear state of pride. How do I know proud people? Proud people never ignore insults. When you insult them, they give it to you back. It's tit for tat. Proud people are always fighting. Very irritable. Because they can't ignore insults, they are very irritable. So when you see yourself always in a conflict, in your family, you are the one fighting everybody. In the church, you are the one fighting everybody. At home, you are the one fighting everybody. <laughs> you are proud. <laughs> because underneath pride is anger. So when you're a short fused person, you have to really pray hard and watch yourself. So when you're always the one, always the one quarreling or the other, you're always the one fighting everybody. You are keeping malice with so many people. They are not the problem. You are the problem. 
Because somehow, pride will always lead to contention, always lead to argument, always lead to destruction. Pride will make one to think he or she is being cheated. Pride will make you think you are right when you are actually wrong. Pride will people find it difficult to say sorry and to apologize. Proud people never, I mean, they find it difficult to apologize. If you find it difficult to apologize, you're a proud person. Even when you have done wrong, or you know you've done wrong, to say, please, I'm sorry, and you don't do it, that is pride. Many become proud when they begin to ascend the ladder of earthly achievements. Many, not a few. When people begin to do well in life, they have more money, they have more status, more position. They now begin to look down on other people. They feel superior. Not knowing that whatever thing you have is given to you by God. Never you forget that. Whatever thing you have, whatever thing you have, whatever thing you become in life, it is God. The intelligence that you brag about is God. Whatever thing you have, your children that you brag about, it is God. So whatever thing that makes you think, whatever thing you are proud of in your life, it is given to you from heaven. So you have no reason at all to be proud about it. When you always look down other people, that means you are proud. Two prideful people in marriage will always end in divorce. Because proud people find it difficult to submit. They don't submit to authority. They don't submit to authority in the church. Submit to authority at home. They don't submit to authority at work. They find it difficult to submit to authority. And the Bible says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. So in marriage, you always have to submit. When you say marriage that has been 45 years, 50 years, those are people who have actually learned to forgive and to submit. Ephesians 5.21 says, Submit yourself one to another in the fear of the Lord. So proud people find it difficult to submit to constituted authority. They don't. Many times when you see a divorce occurring, it's because two people are proud. Nobody is willing to take it on. Proudful people find it difficult to submit to authority, whether in the home, church, community, work. With pride, is always I, me, and myself. Proud people don't care about anybody else except themselves. That's very bad. Proud people find it very difficult to serve. They would rather be served. Very difficult to serve. They don't serve. They want to be served. I'm just telling you how to know that you are proud. When proud people are not giving due recognition, they get very angry. In others, in a place, they don't give them due recognition. They get angry. They can storm away from the place. Pride can take you away from your place of destiny. Believe me, this is very serious. So in other words, because you are proud, God says, stay here, stay in this church. But one day, pastor preached and you think pastor is talking to you, and you get very furious. So what does he even think he is? I'm not going back to that church. And mind you, that church is where God has positioned your blessing to be. So pride can easily transplant somebody to a place that is not God-ordained. Because proud people are not patient. They can't be. They are not patient. Pride. God can't touch a proud person from far. And you see, pride is a characteristic feature of Satan and his gods. I mean, what rules in Satan's kingdom is pride. Is the authority there and is looking down, mankind looking down, everybody? That's Satan. It was that same pride that threw him out of heaven. But guess what? One of the dominant qualities of God is humility. It's amazing. It's amazing. That place we read, Psalm 138, verse 6 says, Even though it's the most high, he has regard for the lowly. Grace, what grace means is that God came, he stooped to conquer, he stooped to uplift us. So God came from heaven, became man, mind you. And being found as a man, he humbled himself even to a shameful death by dying on the cross. The death on the cross was a shameful, derogatory kind of death. And that was the death that Jesus chose to die. He was born in a manger, in a sheep stable. He was born in a city 
called Bethlehem that was inconsequential. It wasn't even on the map of Israel. It was a little city inconsequential. So when God was going to become man, he became so low. He went lowly. He went down. That's humility. He's the most high. He has everything in his command. And yes, he has regard for the lowly. He's the most high God. He can destroy the whole world just like that. But he has so much restraint. He's all powerful. And yet he doesn't show his might all the time. You know, what an humble God. So the future, the character future of our kingdom is humility. Because before honor comes is humility. What opens the door for honor to come to you is your humility. It is humility that opens the door for honor to come. For God to honor you, for man to honor you, you must be humble. And you know, in the kingdom, the higher we go, the humbler God expects us to be is the most high. And yet, he regards the lowly. Those who are proud, God opposes them. It's my prayer, God, to help us deal with the little fox of pride in our lives, in the mighty name of Jesus. Pride will not take us to hell, in the mighty name of Jesus. God cannot help those who are proud, but he gives grace to the humble. It cannot help those who are proud. Those who are proud do not repent of their sins because they are stiff-necked. They are set in their own ways. They are cast in stone. That will not be your portion. In the mighty name of Jesus, God will help you. He will also help me. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, And what do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you did indeed receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? So what do you have that is making you think? You received it. So why are you going around as if you are self-made? In our kingdom, nobody is self-made. It is God-made. Because everything you have from your infancy, it was God that has been watching over you. Whatever thing you have become is just because of purely the grace of God. So we are not proud people. We are humble here. And God will help us to be humble in Jesus' mighty name. And if you have seen yourself in all those things I listed out, please begin to work on yourself. Proud people are very irritable, difficult to live with, always fighting, always fighting. God will help us in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening and make sure you subscribe for more great podcasts.